This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by The Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. Rare diseases, most of which have a genetic component, are considered to be those that affect fewer than one out of every 2,000 people. But there are many challenges related to studying rare diseases. One problem is that the coding for such diseases isn't always standardized. Caroline Walker with the Office of Population Health Genomics in the West Australian Health Department. They're seen very infrequently, and rare diseases are often multisystemic or complex diseases. And so they don't fit the traditional method of classifying diseases. And the traditional method has been a disease has a classification, so it's, it's put into a little box. But rare diseases often don't fit in one little box because they can present in a variety of systems and symptoms. And so there haven't been good numbers about how many people suffer from rare diseases in the general population or large-scale studies that evaluate the impact of rare diseases both on patients and on the healthcare system. Dr. Walker is one of the authors of the first such large-scale study published in the journal Genetics and Medicine. She and her colleagues used a new coding system developed by an organization called Orphanet. Orphanet in France has led some uh, new tools to classify rare diseases. And it has developed the Orpha coding system, which specifically codes rare diseases. So each rare disease will have a unique code. Using these Orphanet codes, Dr. Walker and her colleagues reclassified the codes for hospitalized patients in Western Australia. After doing the necessary coding and then removing the possibility of double-counting a disease for patients, they ended up with 61,000 patients over a decade. They then isolated the 45,000 who were alive in 2010. This represented about 2% of the overall population of Western Australia. So there was about 90,000 admissions in that year. What that equated to was that these patients had about 4.2 admissions per person, whereas the general population in 2010 only contribute about two admissions per person. So they're going to hospital about twice as often as the normal population. Also, we looked at their length of stay, so how long they stayed in that hospital during that one event. And their length of stay averaged around 3.6 days, The general population was a little bit lower at about 2.9 days. And we identified that the people that we had going to hospital in 2010, their hospital use equated to around about 395 million Australian dollars. And that was in fact around 10.5% of the WA Health budget for hospitalisations in that year. So although the people that we had only represented about 2% of the population, they were contributing to around about 10.5% of the costs, which we were absolutely astounded at. The scientists were able to use codes for 467 rare diseases, a much higher number than has ever been studied in the past, but still likely conservative, considering the fact that researchers estimate that there are, in fact, thousands of such rare diseases. Dr. Walker says the research could influence healthcare decisions in the region. Some of the work that we've been doing in Western Australia is to develop a strategic framework for rare diseases. And so what the findings from this study do is it informs that framework and informs the policymakers on perhaps where we should be focusing our attention, uh, where resources perhaps could be moved 
too to make more efficient use of the health system. Rodolfo Valdez is an epidemiologist with the Rare Diseases team at the Centers for Disease Control. He wrote a commentary about the West Australia study in the journal Genetics and Medicine. Dr. Valdez says this is important internationally. For instance, this kind of coding will allow us, uh, we can estimate the size of the burden of uh, rare diseases. We can not only estimate the number of people affected, we can also estimate the health problems that occur among them. Also, we can study the quality of life, uh, the healthcare use, I mean, how often they use healthcare and under what conditions. And that's not all that research like this might do. Uh, we can estimate also the cost. And since the codes also include the kind of secondary conditions in these uh, cases, so we can address, you know, what other conditions can are present in these people affected with rare diseases, what is present that can be prevented. Because in rare diseases, many of them have a genetic basis, and uh, many of the diseases cannot be prevented. So we have to resort what is called a secondary prevention, which is the prevention of the consequences of the disease. And that's a major thing. Studies such as this one could help elucidate these secondary conditions. Both Dr. Walker and Dr. Valdez agree that not only do other related studies need to be undertaken in other areas of the world, but that it might at times be challenging to do so. For instance, in the U.S., some states don't have centralized data systems. But we have a few states in the U.S. that have a system like the one they have in Western Australia. And probably in these states, uh, we could replicate these studies. And that would be very important. So the challenge is extending that to all the other states in the U.S. And probably in Europe, where, you know, they started uh, the system of calling rare diseases, in Europe, probably they can replicate this study too in some country because many of them have centralized, you know, healthcare systems. Other countries might need to tweak the manner in which Dr. Walker and her colleagues converted their country's coding system to the orphanet system, says Dr. Walker. And while that is ongoing, this study will first have an impact on Australian healthcare. What surprised us with the results from this study was the marked disparity between the proportion of the population with a rare disease and their combined cost to the state's health system. And the evidence that we have is informing the planning of services for people with rare diseases, the treatment and models of care. And it will also assist in identifying opportunities for improvement within our health system. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by the Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.